Pajes Kitavo. That's what it says. I don't have to say anything else. Uh, I'd like to look first at the uh, the beginning of the Torah Demet. Torah Demet is Rabbi Yudalev Eger, who was a uh, <coughs> he and the Pritzadik were Talmidim of the house of Shisko. And the Torah Demet became the Rebbe first. Even though the Pritzadik was more renowned as a great scholar, the Pritzadik accepted uh, the Torah Demet. The Torah Demet was also uh, Rabbi Kiva Eger's grandson. Is that right? Rabbi Kiva Eger? Rabbi Kiva Eger was the ultimate Litvak. Yeah, exactly. What? So this is punishment. Oh, oh. Uh, they had a grandson who was a Rebbe. So there's, uh, you know, today, you never know. You know, even if you look into it, you don't know. So, so he was a Rebbe. He wrote a book on Parashat Shavua called Kitavo. And he says this, if you look at the section here at the bottom, Vayakitavo Ha'aretz. He says, he's talking about our Parashat Shavua, which begins with those words, Kitavo El Ha'aretz, Vayakitavo Ha'aretz. So he says, Hinei, Beit Sidrot Batorah Matchilim B'Tevat Vehaya. That the word Vehaya introduces two parashiyot. Really, it's the beginning of two psukim. In both cases, the pasuk referred to is the first pasuk in the parasha. So he says, Vehaya Ekev Tishma'un, the parasha of Ekev, and our parasha, Vekan. So he says, he says that that's noteworthy. Of course, he says it's noteworthy. He means Chazal thought it was noteworthy. You know, Chazal were very concerned about little words that didn't seem to mean anything. So if you had to translate if it came to pass, if it was, if it happened, Right? You can't sort of get a, a real uh, 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 perfect, a perfectly ordained kind of translation. But it's any one of the above. Vehaya. But it's a word that you could leave out. You could leave out of the Pasuk and you get the same thing. When you come to Eretz Yisrael, what is It's as though there's some doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. There is no doubt. You're going to come to Eretz Yisrael. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling B'nai Yisrael for the last several parashiyot. Right? You're going to come and it's an agreement that we'll get together and it'll be alright that if you do good it'll be good. Right? That, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling B'nai Yisrael in these parashiyot. And so the Torah Demet says and this is the important point here V'yadu'a Ki'ikar, uh, I'm sorry, V'yadu'a ma'amaram zal, it's in the third line. V'yadu'a ma'amaram zal, and everybody knows, V'yadu'a, everybody knows. I know that includes us. V'yadu'a ma'amaram zal, and this ma'amar is found in the, in the Medrash, called Breshit Rabbah, which is quoted by all the other, many other Mephoshim. You see here uh, uh, the Archaim, for example, the Archaim uh, quotes it. He says, "Breshit Rabbah Mem Gimel Mem Bet Gimel." For example, everybody quotes this Chazal, and the Chazal says, "Ein vehaya ela simcha." 
The word vehaya implies simcha. So that really, uh, how do they read the pasuk? How did the, if that's true, it's not exactly correct. It's not exactly a quote from Bereshit Rabbah, but we won't go into it. Let's assume that the Torah emet that Rav Leibelaga has it right. I don't want to argue about whether the quote is perfectly represented or not. It's more or less, it is more or less correct. So he says, what does that mean? Ein vehaya ela simcha. There are only two parashiyot that start with the word vehaya, the parasha of kitavo and the parasha of ekev. So what is ein vehaya? So that means, means it's a kind of a separate sentence. Vehaya... If it is, what, what is whatever it's supposed to be? If, if whatever is supposed to be actually happens, then what will that imply? What will that imply? Simcha. And when it comes to the parasha of Akev, it says that. I'm sorry, in the parasha of Kitavo, uh, in the parasha of Kitavo. So this is like, I have to excuse the fact that I'm missing the first sukim of the parasha. So I'll just tell you the, the sukim. What follows in our parasha? The mitzvah of Bikurim. The mitzvah of Bikurim. The mitzvah of Bikurim is like, just like Cain uh, and Hevel. Remember Cain and Hevel? They knew Kind Hevel, they somehow knew that the reasonable thing that a person does, ba'olam hazeh, since we live in a world which could be analyzed scientifically, we could say that things work according to a plan, nevertheless, at the same time, we realize that our success in the world is facultative. It's not necessary. There could be a famine, there could be a drought, there could be a year of poor crops. And therefore, when we are successful, Cain and Hevel said, it makes sense to them that they would give part of their success back to God as a sign of appreciation. It was knowing that they alone could not have produced the desired result. Okay? So that, we call that later on, we call that a korban. But the interesting thing is in this parasha, the Torah says that the same thing is true about fruit. The same thing is about fruit. When you collect the fruit, when you collect the fruit, you go out into the field, you see the first, the bikurim. Bikurim, bikurim is like the word bechor, the firstborn. And the first fruits that come on the tray, we have to put a little kind of clip on them, a sign. Uh, and, and you take them, you collect them afterwards and take them to your shalayim and you bring them to the Kohen, right? And the Kohen heaves them and you eat them in your shalayim. There are all sorts of other details. But the interesting thing about this particular kor- korban, I call it a korban, but you know, I don't mean an animal korban. And I don't mean a korban of, which is a meal offering. I mean a korban of fruits. Fruits you bring to the Beit HaMikdash, there's a, a kind of a formula that we say and that you all know because it's in the Haggadah of Pesach, which I'm saying is a little strange because if it's in the Parashat HaShavua, 
you should know it from then, but I know that most people don't pay attention in Parashat HaShavuot. But in the Haggadah, everybody pays attention because you want to eat. Right? So that, that you keep turning the pages to see how much is left. So when you get to that part, you get to that part, you should know that it comes from Bikurim. It's Arami Oved Avi Vayered Mitzrayma, and that's called a Vidui. The word vidui means is confession. But it doesn't mean a confession of a sin. It means the confession about the way I see the world. And how do I see the world? According to Arami Ovedavi, I realize that there was a beginning of things, which is not obvious. It's not obvious. Most people. Most people who are successful, we're talking about people who are successful, the big fruit, they, they, they had a successful year with the crops. Most people who are successful are happy to take the credit, you know, to say what they did, you know, how it worked. But the Torah says that you're successful, you have to remember that it all started someplace, right? The beginning. And when was the beginning? When was that beginning of the beginning? It was uh, the time of the Avot. Right, the time of the Avot. Uh, Arami Ovedavi is a reference to Yaakov Avinu. Right, the Arami, Lavan, want to destroy Am Yisrael by destroying Yaakov. That would have done it. And we know that that was the beginning of salvation. And what is salvation? That word that's you know, so kind of heavy like a heavy word, salvation. But what is salvation according to the way we see things? Eretz Yisrael. Being in Eretz Yisrael. And growing things in Eretz Yisrael. And having fruit. Having fruit of, of, of Eretz Yisrael. I mean, that's called salvation. Because that emphasizes the point of it. The point of it is to kind of make the world. To make the world within the directives of the Rebbeinu Shalom. That's the point. So here we are, bringing the fruit to Yerushalayim, and we are uh, saying, Arami Ovedavi, we're, we're making this vidui. We say, we're making confession about who we are. We're not just talking about the success that we had during the last year, but we're talking about our ultimate understanding of things, that there was a point, that we're here because of that point that we are continuing to do what it was that we were supposed to do. And then at the end of, the, the, at the end of that parasha, right, in our parasha, if you look at the sheet on Pasuk Yud Aleph, you see the sheet, Pasuk Yud Aleph? So it says it in Beferush in the Pasuk. It says you never said that about a korban. If you bring a korban, it doesn't say v'samachta. Or if you give tzedakah, it doesn't say v'samachta. It's only about bikurim that the Torah says v'samachta bechol tov. What's the tov? The tov is what you're bringing in this basket to Yerushalayim. And asher natan lecha Hashem elokecha uleveitcha. Uleveitcha, you, of course, representing your household. Right, after all, everybody's eating fruit. You're bringing it to Yerushalayim. Everybody else sitting home eating the same fruit. Ata, you, the Halevi, right? 
והגר אשר בשעריך. גר, whatever גר means, I mean גר is a, is a person who is close to being Jewish. May not be halachically Jewish, but he's accepted a certain standard that the Torah uh, creates. So now, v'samachta uh, b'kol <coughs> hatov. You see Rashi? See the Rashi pasuk yudal v'samachta b'kol hatov? Mikan amru em korim mikra bikurim ela bizman simcha miatzeret v'adachag. So the halacha is that if you bring bikurim to the Beit HaMikdash, Me'atzeret adachag, atzeret is Shavuot, and the Chag is Sukkot, during that part of the year, right? Elabizman Simcha, that's a time of Simcha, because after all, that's a time when people are, are collecting the crops and bringing it in, and they're very happy about the success that they've had during the year. She'adam uperotav, because he collects a person, like these agricultural people, they collect the wheat and the fruit and the wine and the oil. So Rashi is telling us a halacha. But Rashi also leaves us with a question. In order to have this vidui, in order to be able to say, I'm doing it, because of our Ami Obedavi, because I know where we all started from, and I know about Jewish history, and I know that I'm part of that history. Why do you have to bring it at the time of Simcha? Why can't we just say that the mitzvah generates the Simcha? It's as though, it's as though we're saying the Simcha, the Simcha is generated by the time. By the period of time between Atzeret, between Shavuot and and Sukkot, it's like I'm in a I'm in a happy time, so I'm happy. But why do I have to be in a happy time? Why isn't it good enough for me to say, Arami Ovedavi? I know who I am. I know where I'm from, and that's why I'm happy. And that would be the more obvious understanding of the Samachta Becholatov. One more thing. One more thing, at the end of the Pasuk says, Hager becha, which sounds like it means to include the Ger Asher Bekirbecha, to include. Right? I think that that would be the obvious pshat. But Rashi disagrees. Rashi says, May vi ve no kore. May vi ve no kore. He brings, he the Ger brings the payroll, but he does not say the vidui. Does not say the vidui. Why? Yes, that's what Rashi says. Uh, one second. Here. That's how we start the story. We start the story by saying it's about Avi. It's about my father. So again, can't really say Avi. 
I can't really say Avi. So Rashi is kind of like assumes a question and gives an answer, which means which means that this idea of saying Arami Oved Avi is very personal. It's like only the only people who could say it are the people who are in the Jewish in the fold of the of the Jews and no no one else. Okay, okay. At the end of uh, the parasha, and look at the parasha in Perik Zion, it starts off with the words, Vaya Ekev Tishma'un. And the Torah Temet taught us that Ekev Haya means Simcha. And we saw that Simcha is an aspect of, of uh, uh, Bikurim. Right, Bikurim brings to Simcha, or Simcha is that we, we or the halacha is that you bring the Bikurim at the time of Simcha. You know that this is a, in Hebrew, we say et abrit et chesed. It seems to be disconnected. Brit is a covenant, and chesed is chesed. A good translation of the word chesed into English is chesed. Which I think somebody once wrote a book about chesed in which he was going to figure out how to translate the word and at the end he called his book chesed because there's a, uh, it's a difficult word to translate most words are difficult to translate but sometimes you kind of assume that you know but you know like that's only if you make everything into a newspaper but if it's not a newspaper it's difficult God will love you he will, he will bless you he will uh, make you uh, increase all this is like all these good things are going to happen you're going to be economically well off that's what if you keep the Torah if you keep the Torah right Pasuk Baruch Mikol Ha'amim Baruch Tiyeh Mikol Ha'amim Blessed Baruch Tiyeh right that's how a bracha starts Baruch Ata Hashem what does that mean? I'll tell you what it doesn't mean it does not mean blessed art thou O God so now that we've wiped that off the table what do you think it means? <laughs> Baruch but we say it a few times a day now and then, you know, it's like, it's like uh, regular currency. You know, you don't have to think about it too much, it just comes out. You, you who are the source of all blessings? That's good, I like that. And then who said that? Who, who wrote the famous uh, book on the topic? Uh, Chaim Velozhener in Nefesh Chaim. The first part of it is about the blessing. It's about what it is, about how you're supposed to think about God when you say a bracha. I mean, that's a reasonable kind of thing, right? It's reasonable to think about God when you say something about God. I mean, I'm not, not that I know exactly what you're supposed to think. I don't mean that. I just mean that you should try not to get it entirely wrong. So, thank you. Baruch Hashem. So, Baruch Tiyemi Kol Ha'amim. Baruch means so that the blessing will be showered down upon you. Lo Yebecha Akar Akara Ubivhem Techa. Okay? Akar no Molit. Like Akar, something, uh, 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 an animal that does not produce 
uh, offspring is uh, is not really part of creation. Like the, 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 sometimes you have like genetic aberrations. So that's really what they are. They're not supposed to be that way. Even if there's some statistical reference that says X percent of the sheep are, uh, don't, uh, don't give birth, it doesn't matter. It's seen as being something um, unlikely, unnecessary. Uh, I could go into that further, but I don't want to. So now let's go back to the Torah Temet. Now that we've seen a little bit about what's going on in these psukim, I'm going to read it again. Right? I'll read it again. Vayaki tavol ha'aretz, hinei beit sidrot patorah matchilim b'tevat v'haya. There are two parashiyot that start with the word v'haya. V'haya ekev tishmu'un, v'kan vayaki tavol. Ekev, right? Parsha we read several weeks ago. And then the parsha that we're going to read this Shabbat, which is Kitavo. V'yadua mamaram zal ein v'haya ela simcha. Ein v'haya ela simcha. So it sounds like if ein v'haya ela simcha, that what is it that causes the simcha? What is it that causes the simcha? The mitzvah causes the simcha. That's what you would think, that it's the mitzvah that causes the simcha. Now, there are two mitzvot. The first mitzvah in the parasha of Ekev is about the entirety of the Torah. It's about the entirety of the Torah. And as far as the entirety of the Torah is concerned, the parasha ends with the word v'samachta, and Rashi says that Visamachta is generated externally. Because you're talking about the entirety of the Torah. It's very hard for us to kind of have an ideological position about the entirety of the Torah. However, when it comes to the second parashat, or to the parasha of Kitavo, the parasha of Kitavo is about Bikurim. And the word Vahaya says that when we give Bikurim, we're going to have Simcha. And what then is the Simcha? What is the Simcha of Bikurim? And the word Visamachta does not appear. So what is the, later on in the Tochacha, it does appear, that word. But it doesn't appear here. So what is the Simcha that is being referred to when we talk about the Bikurim? So he says... V'yadua ki ikar b'chinat simcha hu be'et bo davar l'yidei gmar tachlit ha'shleimut. He says, this you find all over in Chassidut. You know, the Chassidim were always accused of overdoing simcha. Right? Uh, they were accused by the Litvaks, who were always in mourning about something. It's never quite sure what they were in mourning about, but they were. They were. And you have even jokes, even jokes they told about it, you know. You know, like in Megillat Esther, you know that joke? Megillat Esther, the few psukim you read with the nigun of Echa. Echa is minor, and a minor key is sad, right? And Megillat Esther is generally happy. But there are a couple of sad psukim in Megillat Esther. Uh, so some chassid asked the Litvak, 
He says, how come you only read four psukim? Like Eicha, why don't you read the whole Megillah? Like Eicha, so the Litvak said, how much joy can we put up with? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's also true, it's also true, you know, in Avelut, Avelut, uh, morning, morning, we go to shul in, in the morning and a Litvak has Yortzeit. Yortzeit, you say, well, well, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to sit here and be unhappy and not eat. Chassid has a Yortzeit. He brings in wine and soda and cake and they all have a good time. So what's the difference between the Chassidim and the Litvaks? The Litvaks are nervous about where the departed, the Shoma, happens to be. And the Chassidim are optimistic about it. They said they should, that, you know, all is well in heaven, you know. <laughs> so you got two philosophies represented by Jews. So he says, So you know, he says, this is the essence of, the essence of Simcha. The essence of Simcha is that you see yourself part of a process, and that that process has been achieved, that something has been done as it should be done. That's what simcha is all, is all about. And since, uh, uh, you know, we, we are not always able to see that. You know, I'm going to the wedding of somebody, I don't know the chatan, I don't know the kala. I don't know the parents of the Chatan, I know the parents of the Kalah, but I'm on their computerized list. So I said, okay, somebody told me it's a mitzvah to go to weddings, so I go to weddings. I go to the wedding and I say, look, I've got to get a little simcha out of this wedding. Where's the whiskey? So we know that we can generate simcha to a certain extent in a non-impressive uh, uh, manner or less impressive manner with food and drink. I mean, that's why, why you have food and drink at a wedding. You see, uh, people go to a wedding, well, they have to eat, well, they should be full of simcha. I mean, simcha is something that, that can overtake you. I mean, it doesn't give you a lot of time to do other things like eating and, and drinking. But we know that sometimes we are in a place where uh, we have to generate the simcha in a kind of mechanical way. We have to mechanically make ourselves happy. But not Bikurim. Not Bikurim. Bikurim, you say, Arami The whole point of Bikurim is I know that what's happening to me now took place, is taking place because of where I started. So look at the words of the Torah Temet. He says, when you realize that something is perfected, that something is finished, that something has been done, that it is not just, it's not just a good thing, but it's, you know, it's not just that I have these first fruits. It's not just that I am a, 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 a well-to-do, a well-to-do agriculturist. It's not that. It's that I have achieved my purpose. God set out to create Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, living according to Torah Yisrael, and here we are. We're actually doing it. 
We're actually being that way, but you have to be able to say Arami Oved Avi. You have to be able to say right now, as good as it is, I remember the humble beginnings and I remember the way we were charged to achieve. And here we have. We have achieved it. Right, continuing his idea, which comes mostly from Bikurim, Kibet Elu, Ele, Romzim Lebet Hamatanot Tovot, and this reminds us of two of the three great presents that were given to Am Yisrael, Shehem Torah, Veretz Yisrael. The third present was Olam Haba, the Gemara says, but, but Torah and Eretz Yisrael. So, I mean, so that generates a, a, a wondrous feeling, right? That every time, every time you remember Arami Ovedavi and you bring the Bikurim when you do that you remember you remember that you you you've inherited Eretz Israel. I mean that's why that's how that's the way you inherit Eretz Israel. just one sentence so he sees it as being a two-pronged kind of way of achieving simcha. That the, the Torah, that learning Torah, that's the parish of Ekev. Ekev tishbunah the mishpatim ha'eleh, romeiz alinyan Torah, ke nishlam ha'adam b'shleimut. So nishlam ha'adam b'shleimut, when you get to whatever perfection, there is this idea that we have in us, each of us, not to be a perfect perf person, but to perfect ourselves, and it's not the same. It's not the same, not everybody turns out the same way. Not everybody is the Chofetz Chaim, right? Maybe some people are, but most people aren't. But within ourselves, within ourselves, each one of us, if we have that kind of foresight about ourselves, we can, we can uh, aim for a kind of perfection, betterness. We can be better. And so he calls that nishlam ha'adam b'shleimut, that a person can achieve perfection, shleimut, a person can, can achieve that kind, of, uh, that kind of perfection. And that's also simcha, even though he doesn't say the word, but that's what he means. That's what he means. It's also simcha kemashma'ut, kemashma'ut vayayekev tishma'un et ha'mishpatim ha'elev gomer. And that's what the posit means that's what the Pasuk means in being of Akev, that if you learn the Torah, if you become a, 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 at one, you kind of connect yourself to the Torah, then uh, So in the parish of Akev, it says Vahaya means Simcha, and Simcha is because you are as you should be, right? And so you are as what you, what you should be, right? And that's v'haya. In our parasha, where it says v'haya when you come to Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael. Coming to Eretz Yisrael will generate joy. Why does it generate joy? Kedushat Eretz Yisrael because you recognize Kedushat Eretz Yisrael and how do you recognize Kedushat Eretz Yisrael? Kishero e she nishlam ha'inyan 
When you get to the end of it. And what is the end of it? Hu mitzvat bikurim. Right? He gets to the point where he has to bring bikurim to the Beit HaMikdash. When he sees that the pre is ripe and can be brought to the Beit HaMikdash. And that's what it says at the end of the parasha, the parasha of Kitavo, Vesamachta Bechol Hatov. Also, also Vesamachta Bechol Hatov, which is what it says in, uh, in our parasha, Vesamachta Bechol Hatov, right? Ki hagam she Bechol Enyan Hashpaat Tova Leadam. He says, whenever there is this overflow of goodness to man, the, that calls for praise and thankfulness for God. And even though you might think that this is kind of a natural reaction. You, you live in Chutzlaretz and you made a little money and you have a credit card and everybody's happy. So how come, how come you don't bring Bikurim? How come you don't? So the answer of course is Rak Daika, the Perot Eretz Yisrael. This only works with the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. Shekol Gidulam Hu what does that mean? All the halachot connected to growing things which exist only in Eretz Yisrael, right? are only in Eretz Yisrael. So that produces the fact that you think that the fruit is the result of what should be and has been the way we started. It reflects the way we started out that's only in Eretz Israel because only in Eretz Israel is the Kedusha in the fruits. Kedusha meaning I did it according to the will of the Torah. That's what the Kedusha is at this moment. Whatever they grow, whatever you have, all of that is Kedusha. When he sees that it's finished, when you have the fruit on the tree. So you say, I've got it. It's finished. It's done. So you can't have that kind of simcha in Chutzlaretz. Oh yeah, you can have the mechanical kind of simcha. You could feed yourself. You could drink yourself into a stupor. You could jump up and down and do all kinds of crazy things. That yes. And if you call that simcha, so you've got it every place in the world. But according to the Torah Tamed, simcha has to do with the recognition that you've done the job, that you've connected yourself in the present to who you were in the past, at the beginning. And this is, as you know, a very, a very Jewish idea. Because the question of whether history means anything was a question that people asked. And many people, most people would say, most history lecturers, I mean, I'm just making up the word most, I don't, 
I don't got a clue. I'm just saying that. Most teachers of history would say you really can't see in history a reflection of the present. You can't assume that history repeats itself. But the Jews always said, the Jews, and that's why people didn't write history, right? They wrote something else. But it took a while until history got going, right? Until Herodotus thought that if he wrote down the number of pairs of shoes that the Persian soldiers left behind, that he was doing something good. It took a while. I mean, not everybody could wrap their heads around that idea. But he, he did, and that was the supposedly, or could be said to be the beginning of history. So the Jews always had a sense of history, that we come from someplace. We're doing this as a result of something. And that was our claim to fame. So when we daven every day, we start Shemoneser by saying, oh, hey Abraham, oh, hey Yitzhak, oh, hey Yaakov. Now what could that possibly mean? What could that possibly mean? Uh, is it informative? It was the God of Abraham, the God of Yitzhak, or like God. I think that what it means is, what it means is we turn to God we turn to God accepting a kind of our fate. We have a singular purpose. And that purpose was determined the time of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. After all, Avram was promised that we would be a great nation. And Avram also promised that we would inherit the land. Was promised. Now, Avram Avinu, according to the Gemara, according to the Gemara in Tanit, Avram Avinu was satisfied that uh, he would become, his children would become a great nation. But he was not satisfied that he would inherit the land, that his children would inherit the land. And so Abraham said, what happens? What happens if? What happens if they don't deserve it? What happens if they can't? The punishment will be that they'll be exiled. They'll be sent out of the country. So how could God promise, how could God promise that Eretz Yisrael will belong to Am Yisrael if it is true, if it is true that the punishment, the punishment that Bnei Yisrael will receive is going to be exile. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, okay, okay, but there is, it's true that there will be an exile. In fact, there'll be more than, more than one exile. I mean, the Egyptian exile, the Babylonian exile, or the Assyrian exile, the Babylonian exile, and the Roman exile. There were, there were four major exiles that we, that we know about. Uh, I mean, we could include the Persian exile in there someplace. So we're going to have exiles. God said to Abraham Avinu, if the Jews just remember the Beit HaMikdash, if they just remember the Korbanot that they are not giving, then Eretz Yisrael will continue to belong to them. Now this is an interesting idea, which Rashi quotes in the Chumash, Rashi quotes it in the Chumash, it comes from the Gemara and Ta'anit, that somehow remembering who you really are, and remembering where you're going, but we're coming to Rosh Hashanah, right? Rosh Hashanah, the Tkiyot are associated with Malchiyot, Zichronot, and Shofarot. And so what is Zichronot? 
What are zichronot? What is it that we remember? Well, what we remember is who we are. We remember who we are, but that's what we come to the heavenly court with. We don't come to the heavenly court and say, I deserve it, I didn't do it, I'm not responsible for it. None of that is, is real. I come to the heavenly court by saying, I still remember who I am and why I am in this world. That's what I do. That's how I come to the heavenly court. So that's what I, that's Zichronot, the 10 psukim of Zichronot that I say before the Tkiot. This year, Tkiot on two days, right? Thursday and Friday. And so, and so the Simcha, the Simcha comes from the understanding that remembering who you are, where you come from, and where you are going, that all of that implies, that implies simcha, because it's a winning argument. It was the winning argument presented by a Kodesh Bochu on behalf of Am Yisrael, he told Abraham Avinu, okay, your children will be punished and they will be exiled, but don't worry, as long as they remember who they are, as long as they remember who they are, they will be saved. That's what, that's what the Gemara says in the name, in the, in the, in the mouth of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking to Avram Avinu. So when we daven, we say, Lekei Abraham, Lekei Yitzchak, Lekei Yaakov. That's how we start. We start by saying, I know who I am. And therefore, I know where I am supposedly going. I know where it is I have to get to. And that's what the Bikurim, that's what the Bikurim uh, are. That's what the Bikurim are. Okay, it's a little early today, but I don't want to belabor it anymore. Have a good Shabbos.